we all want to feel like we're not on a lonely island uh, and it's hard enough to be a parent with social media. But then when you have extra layers and you're really learning about yourself, because all of these things are hereditary and genetic. So not only are parents trying to help their kids, they're also having to do a lot of self-reflection. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, Jill. Thanks for listening to What's the Lesson. My counterpart, Mary, is doing what she does best, and she's running all over the place because summer camp starts tomorrow. So she is doing all of the errands for us. So I have the privilege today to speak to our special guest as a solo podcast interview, which I'm super excited about. And you guys, I swear to you, Instagram and social media sometimes can be a hindrance, but there have been really beautiful moments in this journey of building girls mentorship where we've met incredible people. And through the internet, we actually were introduced to Cassie, who I'm about to introduce in just a second, through a girlfriend of ours. And we've mentioned Miss Lindsay Schwartz countless times on the podcast, but Lindsay introduced us to this I want to say gem of a human, if that's if that's okay for me to call you that, Cassie. But really, this woman is just incredible. So Lindsay saw some alignment and synergy between girls mentorship and what Cassie is currently working on and launching her business. And she was the one who introduced us together. So Miss Cassie Blakely, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. What a treat. Yay! We're so excited. So Cassie, you have a, a company called Warrior Parent Consulting, and your title is you're a parent resource. So tell us a little bit more about what that means. And I think then we'll be able to kind of tie this all together on why you were the perfect person to come on to our podcast. Thank you so much. Yes, I am a parent resource. I am helping support parents through the journey of parenting um, kids with just a few extra layers um, like myself. I am dyslexic. I have ADD, I have anxiety, and I have kiddos with extra layers. Um, 15 years ago, I was a mom trying to figure out what that looked like. My older daughter was diagnosed dyslexic, and I really did not know a lot about 
what that means personally for school, the academic performance, um, for the mental health, and how that's all wrapped up. So I wish I would have had a me 15 years ago when I was on this journey um, beginning because it was really lonely. Um, my daughter was diagnosed in New York City in private school where they were all reading you know, Harry Potter. And my daughter was really struggling. I didn't read until I was in fourth grade. So I could relate to that and how that self-confidence. So through this, you know, the last 15 years and the journey that I've been on, I've been able and privileged enough to meet with the best of the best um, and experts in everything, um, mental health, um, academic education, everything, nutrition, psychiatry, everything that I could, the, as much information as I could get and absorb, I'm just taking all of that and wrapping into one and helping parents. Oh my goodness. I am like, yes, for creating something like this. So similar to what Mary and I experienced growing up as a, a teen girl, we were like, we needed us when we were teens. And what's really beautiful about your story and your testimony is you needed you back when you were growing up as well. And now you get to fill a gap for parents who are also probably feeling really isolated or on an island looking for answers because I know that going through something like this at times can feel like you are alone or who is the right person? Who do I turn to? Where are my resources? And it's not just a one size fits all. It's not a quick fix. You go to the doctor and that's it. It's like you said, it's very holistic. The nutrition element, the the mental aspect, the the emotional aspect, all of it is really all encompassing. And there's different people who need to support on that journey. So the fact that you have gone through it yourself, you've lived it with your daughters, and now you get to be probably this, oh my gosh, this light for parents when they're feeling like really they're stuck in the darkness must feel so incredibly rewarding. It really does. And I think what's really helpful is not only am I still living it day to day and still work in progress as an adult, and I'm always telling my clients, hold on just a minute when they ask me a question, my processing. So I kind of acknowledge when I need a moment because my brain takes a little bit longer. Um, my writing skills are still, you know, need or need work. So, and I'm going on, I have two teenage girls. So I'm on this journey with other parents. And I think that emotional support is really just one part of it that just helps. We all want to feel like we're not on a lonely island and it's hard enough to be a parent with social media. But then when you have extra layers and you're really learning about yourself, because all of these things are hereditary and genetics. So not only are parents trying to help their kids, they're also having to do a lot of self-reflection. Oh and that's goodness. Yeah. at the same time. And I'm doing it too. I've just been, you know, fortunate enough to be able to practice it over the last 15 years in many different ways. And so there's support groups, there's things that just still warm my heart. I named my consulting because warrior, because I consider myself a warrior. Um, I consider every parent um, that I talk to and every child that I talk to a warrior. Um, every day is hard. But there's so many gifts and we need to see those gifts. And I really remind the parents, 
they have superpowers and we need to focus on those superpowers. And sometimes school doesn't always do that. So let's find where their superpowers are and let's go because these are the kids that are the game changers, the entrepreneurs, and we have to really celebrate that. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I I love that you have labeled or termed it as extra layers. And I'm sure through your own self-discovery and journey, I'm sure that maybe people have once identified you as fill in the blank, or you felt different and you've probably, your, your negative self-talk was probably really, really loud. So how did you come to kind of terming that as extra layers? Because I think it's so beautiful because you're right. As opposed to focusing on the negative, how do we just celebrate that you are different, you're unique, you have extra layers, and let's look at the gifts that you have. But sometimes, whether it's our own um, work that we haven't done on ourselves, or society has told us that we're different and we need to be fixed, it puts almost like um, an added weighted vest on you. And then you feel like you're carrying that around in every relationship and everything that you do. So talk to me a little bit more about where that came from. Well, I think um, growing up, I had a lot of health problems. I did not read, like I said, until fourth grade. I was kind of the sweet one. So everyone was like, oh, don't worry about it. You're sweet. It'll be fine. And mm -hmm. I really under the radar, like a lot of girls do with learning differences or ADD or anxiety and mental health. We're pleasers. And I was raised to be a pleaser and not to get what I really needed and to say, I don't really understand this. How does this work? It's okay to ask questions. So it was labeled very early on as just be quiet, be the sweet girl. Someone else will figure it out for you. Mm. You do that. Um, and that was kind of my place in the family. And so I grew up with feeling stupid, not smart um, my whole life. And then when I got to college and learned, hold on, I do have gifts. And of course, I wanted to you know, concentrate in child development. And I really, that's where I started saying, wow, I'm really interested in this. My brain accepts the information. I can remember this. I can understand. And I remember coming into my own then. And then when I finally realized I was healthy physically and I could do certain things, I started to work on myself. I went to therapy. I started doing everything I could to build up my self-confidence. Now, does this negative self-talk still happen? Yes, but I have tools. Hmm. To and I always say to parents, the more tools we have in our toolbox, the more that we can help ourselves and our kids. Now I had these kids with lots of extra layers and everyone was being really negative, especially in New York private school. Oh, dyslexia, oh, anxiety, mm, ADD. I don't know where, what school she belongs in. And that was really disappointing. So I started doing a lot of occupational therapy with my daughter and I started surrounding myself with educational and therapists that started saying, these are gifts but we have to channel them. So I just started coming up with, you know what? We all have layers, different layers. And that spoke to me. And then it spoke to my kids because it wasn't negative. And I always say, sometimes we can see things in people and you can know, okay, they have a broken arm. They have a cast on it. Well, sometimes our brain isn't working properly and we need to help it in that way. 
we always can't see what's happening with inside of someone. So the layers just spoke to me and it was more positive instead of a negative, um, which I had growing up. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to take that. I'm going to borrow that whether you do have extra layers or you feel like you are normal. We, we do, no matter who you are, we all have those layers and it just, it has a, a, a better feel to it than that negative connotation. So I, I was just like, where did this come from? Cause this is really great. And I'm sure when you do work with parents or especially with kids, it's like, oh my gosh, thank you for seeing me as who I am versus making these layers, like making them wrong about me or, or, or about who I am. And I think that's a beautiful thing right now is that a lot of people, especially with COVID, we're talking about mental health. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about depression. This is so important. I'm, I'm kind of known as the dyslexic mom and I would get, I get calls from all my friends. Okay, hold on, Johnny. It's not, you know, understanding reading and it's processing. And I started noticing the more I call out things about myself, the more my kids and other people around me felt comfortable. And they're like, whoa, well, do you know, I have anxiety. I have this. And it just created this bond. And now my whole family, we all talk about it. We're kind of known, oh, you know, my daughter, you know, has this, I have this. And it's just, and we call it out and we feel accepted. And we know that in school, sometimes things are hard, especially if you do have a learning difference. They're very difficult, but that's only one part. And I really focus on, you know, school isn't always for everyone. We have to get through it and we want to make sure that we can understand things, but there are bigger gifts out there. Um, so we focus on other things and we I love it. Superpower. I'm always find it. I never would have expected I would have been doing this 20 years ago. <laughs> never going to have children. I mean, they call me a miracle. I've had a lot of health problems. I was not supposed to have children. I had two surprise girls. Mm. And I think my purpose is first through my kids and the learning through this. And now I'm here to help and be a support to anyone that needs that. Oh my gosh. I just, it gives me full body goosebumps because that's when you know, sometimes Sometimes God puts us on this planet and we search forever and ever. And sometimes like really our story and what our life experience has been for us really becomes a part of who we're meant to serve, like reaching our hand back to say like, I've walked through your shoes. I know what you're going through. And that must just feel so awesome. So bravo. It's, it's fantastic to hear just how much this work lights you up and you're, you're a work in progress. We call it a whip, a work in progress where every single day um, you practice what you preach. And I love that you also said that you go first. I think vulnerability as adults and parents, I think the, the best thing you can do for your children is show them the act of vulnerability because vulnerability breeds courage and you can't have one without the without the other so it's very cool to see hey my mom talks about hard things well then i can too as opposed to me stuffing my feelings down or internalizing everything by myself if i just watch her and watch her say something courageous then it's going to give me the permission to do the same that's really cool I always tell parents too, 
let's be open. Let's talk about where, what our day looks like. I try to tell my kids where my ADD and my dyslexia show up. And, you know, in conversation at dinner, it's, oh, I have directions. I mean, I'm tr- direction challenged. I cannot get from A to B. That's Wait, you too? Me too. <laughs> really painful. And so when I'm meeting a client, if I get lost at the dinner, you know, table, I'll say, I was late to an appointment. I was completely lost. I had to call the client. And my kids were like, mom, that's so unprofessional. <laughs> Where And then my anxiety went up and I couldn't read the directions because I was so anxious. So I always remind parents, you know, we don't need to be perfect for our kids. We need to show our vulnerability. We need to say where the challenges were in our day so that they feel better about their challenges. Oh, it's so good. It is. It's so true because then they're like, oh my gosh, wait, my mom, who I think is perfect and amazing, also messes up and has flaws too. Wow. Okay. Then I'm allowed to do the same as well. Very cool. So I'm curious around how parents, like if if they're starting to notice something about their kiddos, um, and this is like the first time that they're like, I, I just feel like there's something there? Like what's really the first step or what's the process of calling you or what would you recommend if, if they think their kiddo does have these extra layers? Like where do, where do parents even start? Yeah, it's, it's challenging. I think the intuition of a parent is most important. I mean, most of my parents will say, I've known this for years. Hmm. Teachers no, Edu- no, they were just, she's fine. He's fine. Listen. The first thing I say is listen to that. And even a pediatrician told me for my second daughter who was not walking at almost two, no, she's fine. She's just a laid back second child. But my gut told me, hold on here. I need to have her checked out outside of the pediatrician outside of the, you know, they aren't the experts on everything, our sensories. So I think if you feel that gut and you're like, something seems off, listen to it first. We are most of the time, right? And I think then you find out, okay, is it a teacher? Are they really challenged in school? Um, Then talk to the teacher, go to the special ed. Not all teachers know, you know, what special ed looks like. Most of the teachers that pick up know someone that's dyslexic or has a family member that's ADD and they can pick it up much quicker. Go to your special ed, ask, especially if you're at a public school, I want an evaluation. You know, this is what's going on. Um, You know, that's also why I come in. If you're just like, you know, something's going on and you tell me the different signs that are happening, I can usually tell you what I think is going on or the right expert to go to get evaluated. If it's an occupational therapist. There's so many things. I look at a ton of reports. Um, If you have been evaluated and you just don't know what to do next, that's where I kind of come in. It depends on what the intervention, if it's the first intervention or the 15th on which one you should do. So I like to look at all the reports and then guide parents. If you don't have reports and you're just like, you know, something's going on and you explain it to me, I usually can uh, direct you in the, in the right to the right expert. Okay. And then I do 15 minute free consults. And if I'm not the person, I'm definitely gonna direct you to the right person. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? 
Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. That's awesome. So this might sound, and on this podcast, Mary and I always talk about being hot leaders, humble, open, and transparent. So I am literally speaking to you from a place of nothing. I'm like, okay, how would I, like, is dyslexia, so talk, like, can we define what dyslexia is? And is it coupled a lot of the times with something else like ADD or ADHD? anxiety, depression, or can kids just have dyslexia? They can just have dyslexia. It is on the rare side. Usually, like I said, there's some things layered in there. And it sometimes can just be that they have anxiety about not being able to read and about, you know, not able to understand. Dyslexia is very broad. It, you know, you can be a great reader, but not understand and comprehend anything you've read. And that can also be a part of dyslexia. There can be processing where you just are a very slow reader and you can't understand the the phonics of it. And you're, you're spending so much time trying to decode it that you can't, there's, there's no way that your brain can even process what those words mean. So it can look different for everyone. I think a lot of times our girls with dyslexia go under the radar because they aren't, they don't have behavioral problems. Typically they are pleasers. Um, you know, the other kids that might have like the ADHD layered usually are, um, diagnosed at the beginning as a behavioral problem, mm-hmm. dig deep on what that looks like. But I really, I, there's mild dyslexia where it doesn't, you can't, it, it goes, you know, under the radar for many years. And then all of a sudden in middle school, it starts showing up. There's severe dyslexia, which is what I have. And it shows up in a lot of ways in reading. I only do audiobooks. I'm typically not reading. But what's interesting, because I have the ADD, I can read reports, hundreds of pages of reports. <laughs> my so a yeah. lot of and ask, well, Johnny can't or, you know, can't focus, but he really hyper focuses on the Legos and things like that. Our kiddos hyper focus on things that their brain is interested in. And that's why they are the inventors. They are the problem solvers, but it is difficult in school when they're not interested in like a history class on how we're going to have them focus and what that looks like. So typically you do have other layers going on with dyslexia. Okay. So I, my, this is incredible to me. I love having this conversation because truly I feel that I flew under the radar as having some sort of dyslexia. I joke with Mary all the time. I'm like, it's just my dyslexia coming out because I've never been diagnosed, but I definitely, I learn different. And when you said you listen to audiobooks more than reading, I'm like, me too. Or writing an email can take me an eternity. I'm like, oh my gosh. But you tell me to like craft a a workshop for girls and add all sorts of like, that is my zone of genius. So I definitely feel like if I were to look over the course of the last 20 years of my life and me growing up 
in elementary school and middle school and high school off to college, I struggled. And I feel like I, to your point, I was definitely a people pleaser to my family, to everybody else. So on the outside, I got good grades, but inside I was struggling because I, oh my gosh, I didn't want to ask for help. And I was like, I'll figure it out some way, shape or form. But I wish I would have been more brave in saying that the struggle was really hard for me because I also had a sibling, my brother, who was so incredibly smart. I was labeled as the street smart kid. My brother was labeled as the book smart kid. So my parents were like, you're going to thrive in life. Don't even worry about it. So I just kind of like adopted that label and I've had to do a lot of unlearning and then a lot of relearning about how capable I really am, but I just have to try it a different way, a way that makes sense for me. So I wish I would have had you to just validate those feelings and let me know that I'm not, I'm not dumb or that you're going to be okay. And you're just going to have to look at things differently. I wish I would have had someone like you, but I'm having this like, realization in this moment, like, oh my God, I think I do. I have that too. (laughs) So much in common. I had a brother who was considered a genius and who got his PhD by 30 and who was incredibly smart. And I was, oh, she has a great EQ. She's smart. She, you know, but you know, not so school smart that in And I did, I adopted that label throughout my life and that negative self-talk continued to happen um, for me. And I think a lot of parents are telling me, you know, I don't wanna have them diagnosed. I don't wanna label. I feel the label is extremely important, especially through the academic. It provides information for our brains, for the people around us. And so I'm always in the camp of absolutely, if you can afford to do it and go to those, you know, psycho evaluations and get and figure out how we know how the brain works. I think that's really important. More information, the better. You can decide what you want to do with it. But for me, it's been really helpful. And for my kids, it's been really helpful. So I always am in the camp of let's, let's figure this out. So we can help. It's more information that we gather, the more that we can help. Ah, knowledge is power. Absolutely. And I would love to kind of shift into saying, okay, so parents then formulate their knowledge. They get the information that they need. I'm also curious, like, are parents scared to go down the route of medicating their kids or do they jump to that really quickly? What have you seen in your experience that not to say that there's a perfect formula by any means, but I and Mary have both seen parents, the kids have been diagnosed with depression or anxiety and they immediately jump to a medication. And then as the kid gets older, they tell us like, I don't want to take this anymore. I feel like a zombie. I don't feel like myself. And, but it's like, it, it creates a whole nother layer to the dynamic of their family to them discovering who they are. And not to say, I definitely don't want to say that medication is bad, but in your experience, what's been a winning formula for you that you've seen that works for families that have thought about, okay, now that we have the diagnosis, what do we do as far as medication? Yeah. And I think it's a really sensitive subject. And I understand that. Um, 
it's not typically the first thing people, oh yeah, sign me up. Let me take some medication. Let me figure right. this out. Our journey. Our family's been on that journey. We know what that looks like. It can be challenging. But I also say to parents, there's a lot of things you can do before. I know a lot of vitamins. I've spent a lot of time with pharmacists, natural path, all of that. There's a lot of things we can do before, but when it starts to affect your child's self-confidence and they start getting labeled as the behavior problem in school, or they start really having a lot of self-negative, you know, negative talk, then we, we might need to explore that avenue. And right. there's a lot of things you can do before you explore that avenue. A lot of people don't know there's a cheek swab that can help if you're going to do medication. There's a lot of vitamins. We do but we do medication, but we also do a lot of vitamins that help. You know, there's things for OCD that you can take and you can go to a compound pharmacy. And if you're a lot of our kids, you know, pick their skin, they do repetitive behaviors. There is a vitamin that was very helpful in a couple of weeks that you will see a difference. There's, you know, magnesium, there's certain things that you can do. So I always recommend that before. Now, if they are at a point, I say to parents, you know, if your child has a broken arm, are you just going to let it try to heal on its own? Or are you going to put a cast on it? Sometimes, mm you have to do medication. It doesn't mean it's forever, but when you start to see that self-confidence go up with medication and therapy where they can actually calm down, accept the coaching or the therapy, then that's a win. So I really am in the middle. I think people, you know, it, it depends on the family and what the situation is going on with the child, but I try to be really neutral. We take medication, but we also take a lot of vitamins and we right. do of both, which has been really successful for us. But some families have really strong feelings about that. So I have a lot of information if they don't want to do the medication route. Some families start that and then they come back to me a couple of months and they're like, you know what? We're still seeing this. Let's start the medication route. And then some families are already on the medication, but they're not taking vitamins that are really important while you're on medication. So there's a combo and it's really complicated. So it's you know, and people have strong feelings about that. I'm really right in the middle of that. And it's yeah. the families, but at the end of the day, we want our, you know, there are genetics. Like I have the worry gene. I've had a genetic test. It's considered the worry gene. Is that really a gene? Gene. Oh it's my goodness. I'm like, I'm going to get it. My grandmother has it. My mom has it. I'm starting as a mom now. Oh boy. You're okay. You're blowing all of our minds here, Cassie. <laughs> There's things that you can do to help that. So it's just like I've always said, more information, the better, and then I can help guide you. But I've, I've been with families that are strongly against medication and families that are pro. So I try to remain in the middle and it depends on the child and the family. Oh, I love it. I know it is. It's, you never want to judge. It's like, what is going to be best for your family? What's going to be best for your child? And I also think that there's a like an asterisk to that, that there are a lot of resources out there that parents just need support in knowing their choices because it's not a it's not a one size fits all. There's it really is. It's like a soup. It's a recipe. Every, you know, you're throwing a little bit in and then you're like, next time you make it, you gotta eliminate that. So I love that you say that it is neutral, knowing that, you know, it, it just needs to suit the family's needs. I just want to gather all the information and give options. And then the family, just be your best family, your best self, and then I'll help, 
you know, I'll help guide you. I love it. Great. This conversation has been so valuable. I'm like, wow. Okay. So just to kind of end what we've been talking about, is there any tips that you have for parents who are on this journey? Maybe they're starting this journey. Maybe they're in the middle of this journey. Is there any advice or tips when you consult parents um, through these conversations? Is there anything that you can let our listeners know or just allow them to like, okay, you got this. Any, any words of wisdom, advice, or tips for the people listening? I think the first thing is it's going to be okay. I panicked and I tried a lot of things and I actually did too many things for myself and for my kids. And I think if I could tell my younger self and what I tell other families, take a moment digest everything, and then choose one to three things. This is what I tell my families. I'm going to give you advice on three things. The most important things that you need help and support with now. Let's not do all 15 of them because if you're overwhelmed as a parent, your children are overwhelmed and stressed. And I was that parent. I was in panic warrior mode. Now I'm in more calming warrior mode. <laughs> You're in like yoga, warrior one, warrior two pose. <laughs> I'm feisty. And you know what? I have to be sometimes um, because I'm advocating for families that need it. And I'm advocating for my own children. So I have to be feisty, but yet, you know, calm. There's a combo. But I would say just take a deep breath. I will help you. you. There are lots of other professionals that will help you. Don't get overwhelmed. And know at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Your child is who they are. And please, please try not to really have the other kids. Sometimes families will say, I have three kids with learning differences, but one without. You know, we really don't want to compare. We really want them to be individuals and please don't compare to other families as well. Mm. I think one thing that we try to do in our family is we say the Blakely team. When my kids say, oh, they're doing it this way, they're doing, it. no, the Blakely team, I always, does it different. We are going to do it different. So don't compare to other people where the stages they are only compared to your family, yourself, even with the stages. When my kids were behind academically and people were like, oh, you have to do this. No, my kids have made progress on their own and I'm only comparing them to themselves and to our family, not to anyone else. So, and it's hard, especially as a mom to get wrapped up in those, oh, they need to be doing this. Just take a step back. It's going to be okay. You'll find the right, but don't get overwhelmed and don't try too many things. And that's what I'm here for because I really oh, want- Oh, I love it. From the I'll fix you. You know, I did that. People were taking loans out for a therapy. I'll mm. fix child's brain. And it took us a long time to come back from that. So I really want people to learn from my own mistake um, that I've done for myself and for my children that, you know, take a step back. Be calm. You'll find the support listen to your intuition and do not compare. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, yes. I mean, that's just great advice for me too, because my kids are younger. They're um, going to be in first grade and third grade now, but, and, and just not even comparing them as my own children. You know, one kid is 
excelling in this area and one kid's excelling in this area, but you go to the playground or you go to school and moms are talking and it's like, well, my kid just did the gifted testing. And then you're like, well, does my kid need to be gifted? Like, oh, and then you're like, hang on. Whoa, drop the comparison because it just kills the joy. It kills the team that you're developing inside of your four walls and your in your family. So it was such a good reminder whether you have kiddos with extra layers or if you don't, it's it it truly is. It's like take a deep breath. You've got this and just know I love that you are out there as a resource. So where on earth can where can the people find you? Tell us tell us where we can get in touch with you. Well, I have a website, warriorparentconsulting.com. And you can, you know, it has information about me. It has, you know, you can fill out a little form and it'll come straight to me. I'm on Instagram. I do put, you know, I do have different things about my own kids, my family. It's a little bit of both, but I, I follow a lot of really amazing resources too, that a lot of people don't know that are out there. Um, so I like to forward that. And then, you know, my cell phone, I mean, I, I'm, always available for any, anyone. I, this is my true passion. So amazing. Well, we will add all of the goodness to our show notes so people can find you, but truly Cassie, thank you. This conversation was so needed because I know, well, Mary and I would just with families that we work with, I I'd say majority of the girls that we work with definitely have extra layers and we love that about them. It makes them who they are. And just for you to be a resource for parents, because it, it, it can, it can feel like what other Google search can I type in? What YouTube video, what, you know, it's like, we're kind of spinning our wheels sometimes. So for you to be so established in this industry and to be a resource for families is just so incredibly, it's incredibly incredible. It's awesome. So thank you. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for being vulnerable and courageous and sharing your story and, and letting other people know that it's okay. It will be okay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Can't wait to connect with you again soon. And with that, everybody, go enjoy the rest of your day and don't forget to make people smile. We'll see you next time on What to Listen. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. <laughs>